Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to the happy hour edition of the Patrick Lally Show. And it is another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. Enjoy it while you can, people. Enjoy it while you can. We'll spend the next two hours here engaged in some energetic, entertaining conversation on local news and politics, national news and politics, sports, recreation, film, all the good stuff. Uber producer Dan Peters is with us today. Thank you for spending some time with us and through your radio, streamed live on KSOO.com or on the KSOO mobile app. Remember, you can always follow along on Facebook Live, as many people are doing right now, or on our Twitter account, at P. Lally Show. That's P-L-A-L-L-E-Y Show. So, Dan, uh, you know, we had uh, uh, the chancellor and founder of VPU in yesterday, Mr. Rick Noby, former mayor, mayor and now captain of the high seas. And I didn't get to this, uh, but it's, it's kind of a, a fascinating and frightening story. Uh, that this mountain lion thing over by Canastota about took out Pedro the donkey. Do you see that? I did see some of the markings on Pedro after the attack. That's yeah. quite serious. So uh, Danny V, our friend from B102.7, posted some of those photos up, and you can see him at KSO.com. So poor Pedro, man. He uh, got attacked by a mountain lion by Canastota. And if people don't know where Canastota is, it's not that far away. <laughs> okay, it's over by Salem. It is, I think, technically in the metro, as we like to say, in McCook County. Is it Canastota in McCook County? That would be in the metro service area, yeah. Yes. So, Mountain Lion in the metro, uh, that seems a bit disconcerting. But, you know, we know they pass through here on from time to time. And I remember there was one that was shot in Yankton. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember then? that, yeah. Yeah, that was a bad one. In fact, there was a guy... I think it was a f- even a few years before that, and, and it might not have been a mountain lion, it meant more of a bobcat, mm-hmm. and he shot that near the Missouri River south of Wagner. So a friend oh, of mine man. did. Yeah, that was a few years. So once in a while, you yeah. get these critters coming through, and well, they're vicious. Was, yeah, and then there was the guy down by Akron who was out hunting, deer hunting, and had to shoot the mountain lion because he came turned around, there's mountain lion standing behind him. And he shot that mountain lion. That was, but that was in Iowa. But it's very close to here. So, you know, I think about that from time to time because they follow the water, they follow the rivers. So the Missouri River obviously is is a good one, but also Skunk Creek, the Big Sioux. They're working those corridors, and you know, I'm out there on my bike. We've talked about this before. You know, you see you see eyes, glowing eyes in the dark along the river, and you just don't know. Could be a possum, could be a skunk, could be a mountain lion. You don't know. When they're a long ways away, you don't know. You can't tell. Could be a former boss. (laughs) (laughs) Could be be all those things. Uh, So, you know, be careful out there, people. You know, they they won't hurt you if you don't. They'll they'll run away, generally speaking. That's what I keep telling myself. They they aren't going to, like, try and take me off the bike trail as I'm going by on my bike, they're going to stay down in the, in the brush. Usually they are going to go after something that is smaller than them. Yeah. yeah and, but... and they are actually going to, and, and if it's moving fast and, and they can tell that it's, it's moving in a, and it's not 
laboring at all, they've said, you know what? This thing might not be good for me. Yeah. They, well, they, they prey on the weak. Yeah. And even Pedro the donkey was able to somehow fend off the mountain lion because Pedro's going to be fine. But there's some impressive uh, gashes on poor Pedro. Well, you know, that's the design for, for donkeys. They, that's, that's their job a lot of time for sheep farmers. You're kidding me. Because, yes, a lot of times sheep farmers, if they're out on the open range, they will have a donkey with them. My uncle had a donkey with his with his sheep. And really? Yeah. That, well, and that would be a natural, they're a natural enemy to predators such as coyotes or wolves, and in this case, a mountain lion. Is it just because they make a lot of noise or because they can actually inflict a little damage back with the hooves and such? Yeah. Well, of course, they're stubborn. Oh. So they're... <laughs> They are a willing participant in some of those things. And yeah, so, so like I said, they're, they're natural enemies. Really? Yeah. Well, then, well done, Pedro. I think uh, Pedro needs a little more. Once he's healed up, he needs, like, Pedro Day. We need to get that going for Pedro's heroic actions in the face of, you know, overwhelming force. We could CGI Pedro the donkey into Vote for Pedro on <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. Yes, it gives a whole new meaning to vote for Pedro. I like that idea. Maybe we can get that going. Anyway, best of luck to Pedro in his future endeavors. We, we're glad he, he's going to pull through, but I, I was surprised by that. Hey, we've got a great show for you guys today. Julie Anderson Friesen is here. She is founder of Cinema Falls, which is the a local organization that brings in uh, independent film and documentaries and uh, world cinema. They've got a new season coming up, and they have the uh, South Dakota premiere of a film called Solver, which has as its star a South Dakota actress. So we'll be looking forward to talking to Julie about that in the second hour. The Buffalo Maiden will be with us for Weird Friends. We'll catch up on the whole prep for the Bark Beetle Day in Custer. In fact, uh, uh, Nancy, the uh, the Buffalo Maiden, posted to me on Facebook a kind of like a time lapse time lapse photography deal from Paul Horstead who was on the show not so long ago that shows the erecting the burning and you know general frivolity surrounding the whole beetle it looks like fun is this kind of somewhat similar to the burning man thing I, that they I, have out in west yeah although it's in the winter in custer so everybody keeps their clothes on so there's that oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah so that's tomorrow in custer we'll talk to the Buffalo Maiden about that. Thea Miller-Ryan, the outdoor campus, will make her weekly visit. She's here every Friday. We're going to talk kayaking and canoeing with Will Collins, who's in town this weekend for a uh, an event over at the outdoor campus. And I think he, like, canoed the entire Missouri River or something like that. So we'll get the uh, details on Mr. Collins. And I'll have a P&L statement just after the break. Today's topic, the weird legislature. That's right, the weird legislature. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 317 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Ah, yes. The Bodines, we're going to get a little closer to free today. Ah, 
I think we're going to focus today exclusively on your South Dakota legislature. Yes, our good friends and peer. You know, in the early days of the session that they're in now, they just they just don't have enough to do apparently, and so they spend time kind of getting in trouble, thinking things up. They they think too much. Maybe a little more time reading, and you know, a little less time, uh, you know, coming up with weird ideas. But first, you know, uh, they had the harassment training sexual harassment training this week and I hadn't uh, I wanted to get to this yesterday and we weren't able to so uh, lawmakers and their staff attended the training Wednesday after news reports about women who experienced sexism and harassment around the state house and you'll remember a series of uh, allegations reports uh, from a former lobbyist a former lawmaker uh some of whom we've had on this program and we've been talking about this for a long time and the 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 culture of peer that some say isn't a culture at all has led to uh Senate Majority Leader Blake Curd who has been on this program talking about this saying we're going to we're going to go ahead and have us some uh awareness training some some harassment training and so we can Make sure that everybody is on the same page here. And uh, so Blake said uh, Wednesday, there's really no ability for us to make attendance here mandatory. We're all elected to serve our districts and we participate where we see fit. But I think for most part, everybody was here. Well, some people didn't go. And, you know, you, you don't have to go, right? Uh so Rep- Republican Representative Marley Weiss said she had, quote, issues that just precluded me from attending. I don't know what that means. This is from the AP, by the way. They walked around the Capitol while it was going on and found people who weren't there. GOP Representative Lance Carson, also at his desk, said he had previously went through sexual harassment training. Uh, Neil Tapio didn't return a telephone message from the Associated Press. It wasn't clear if he was there. You know, Neil, good guy. Carson said that if someone isn't smart enough to get elected to the legislature, they're, quote, smart enough to know what's right and what's wrong. Well, (laughs) uh, that's a funny one. But the best one is Republican Representative Elizabeth May. I believe she's from out in the the Rapid City area somewhere. She said the training wasn't a good use of her time, but she came because she didn't want to let her leadership down. This is not a serious issue because there's not a problem, May said. I have serious issues to deal with, and this is not one of them. To which Senate President Pro Tem Brock Greenfield disagreed. Anybody who's been around here, been around in the last year, who says it wasn't worthwhile, they need to do a serious check as to what their attitude is. I take it too seriously to be dismissive and say, what a waste of time. So next, they're going to appoint a legislative group to look at their current policies and some changes that Billy Sutton has proposed that would require nonpartisan legislative staff to conduct investigations into allegations, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, You know, I agree with uh, Senate President Greenfield here. Uh, You know, uh, Representatives May and Carson and some of these, they just didn't want to go uh, for whatever reason. But their explanations are terrible and transparent. 
I, the, the complete dismissal of the issue says about all you need to know. And I, I've heard this from other people. It's not just her. There is no problem. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, clearly, many other people do think it's a problem. And if widespread reports, uh, even if something, ha- if you have not witnessed harassment or not experienced harassment, if many other women around you say they have, perhaps, perhaps you should listen to what they have to say. Just listen, you know, not dismiss it. So, I don't know. How can you expect people to solve problems when they won't even admit that they might exist? That, that's an issue. But the, uh, the wackiest thing I've seen in some time is this new bill uh, out, House Bill 1102, which would make it a class one misdemeanor to replicate the state seal in a way that isn't, quote, full and complete and does not include the state motto, under God, the people rule. So dozens of legislators have apparently signed on to this deal. It's uh, sponsored by Representative Sue Peterson of Sioux Falls. Uh, You know, so what they're saying is that the state seal, you know, that's a little etching of the rolling hills and it's got, you know, it's a circle and it's, you know, it's a state seal. Okay. I don't know how it's possible that our legislators keep trying to do things that are so clearly unconstitutional. I've said more than once that House Speaker Mark Mickelson's plan to ban out-of-state money and ballot initiative campaigns is a blatant limit on free speech, and it's widely recognized as so. So is this. It's the state seal. It's not sacred. If I want to rip it up and eat it on the steps of the Capitol, film the experience and share it on Facebook while riding Pedro the donkey, I will. There's nothing you can do about it, and there never should be. If I want to change the words to, in Buddha we trust, I will. There's nothing you can do about it, and there never should be. If I want to replace the image of the rolling hills with an anime likeness of Bill Janklo in jail, I will. There's nothing you can do about it, and there never should be. That's satire. That's political speech. There's nothing more ingrained in the Constitution than free speech. It is the First Amendment to the Constitution. Why Representative Peterson thinks she can do this is beyond me. Either she doesn't have a basic understanding of the concept of satire and political speech, or she doesn't care. I'm not sure which is worse. So Robert Mayling, he hosts the Sioux Empire podcast. He's a friend of the show. Uh, he believes that this bill is a direct reaction to a cartoon he drew with a scene from the Spanish Inquisition to draw attention to the practice of some South Dakota law enforcement. And you remember the story a couple years back. The, some police in some areas, not all, not in Sioux Falls, were using forced catheterization, forced catheterization to collect urine samples. Let me remind you, forced catheterization, a tube up the urethra to collect urine samples. And uh, I saw Robert posted some stuff about this online and, you know, he's a little bit aghast and he should be. Uh, Peterson, the sponsor, told Joe Sneedy of the Argus Leader that her bill was not a result of uh, Robert's cartoon that he had posted where he put the Spanish Inquisition in there. She said, uh, the issue came to her attention when legislators noticed the list seal on their state apparel lacked the state motto. 
And she says, I think it's because the women's prison does it for us. And I think they just didn't have the right piece. I am aware there have been misuses of the seal. There were some people who would cut it in half to take artistic license with it. It's a branding issue. And the seal needs to be honored and respected. No, it doesn't. It's a seal. It's not, I mean, it's not the flag. And even if it, I mean, it's on the flag, but it's, it's not, I don't care. And then she said, anybody that is using it in this way, in a way that is not consistent with the Constitution and state law, should take a look at it and not do it anymore. Well, first of all, it's not in the, the Constitution protects the speech. Which leads me to believe she's just unfamiliar with the principles of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Her bill would make it a class one misdemeanor to alter the seal or not include the under the God, the people rule slogan. So using the example Peterson cited that the women's prison left off the words, who would be charged here? The prisoners, the warden, the state. How about we give some thought to a law before we propose it? Apparently there's not a lot of that going on in peer these days. That's the bottom line on today's PL statement. You can agree or disagree with me. Send me an email, patrick at ksoa.com. You can also follow our Twitter feed and communicate with us there or over Facebook Live. We're here for you people. We're here for you. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk to the Buffalo Maiden. Oh, it's Bark Beetle Days out in Custer. It's going to be awesome. That's next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and uh, we're coming up on, what, like the third Saturday in January, and of course, I'm sure all you folks have uh, cleared your calendar because, as you know, everybody's got to go west to uh, Bark Beetle Day in Custer, and so to preview the big event, we've got none other than the Buffalo Maiden from the Black Hills Bureau, Buffalo Maiden. Is it just a frenzy of activity out there? Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. But, you know, you should at least get the name right. It's Bark Beetle Blues. Oh. We don't have a day. We have blues. Oh, Because, you know, the beetle better. was blue, and they play music. Get it? So, it was blue? Um, the beetle was blue? The, the, the beetle makes the wood blue. Oh, really? So, uh, like, it stains it blue from its whatever it has releases into the wood. It makes the, uh, um, yeah, it's beautiful wood. But, um, yeah, it is kind of crazy. Everybody's getting excited. We, uh, we hopefully, all of my friends have canceled because of the impending storm. Um, so, <laughs> are you I hope you're me, on the road. You're, you're supposed to be on the road. Yeah, I better get moving. Uh, yeah. Are you yeah. telling me that all your friends live in Sioux Falls? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, but okay, from, good. you know, other places, north and, and, and southern. So, yeah, so the storm is impending. It should be kind of fun. The the beetle is so big that they'll be able to burn it at least. Whether and then you can just put your snowshoes on and come downtown and just hang out and listen to music all night. So it'll be fun. So uh, you shared with me, and I I'm gonna try and get this into some form that I can put on our Twitter feed. I already shared it on my Facebook page. It is for, uh, a like time lapse still photography deal from uh, your friend Paul Horstead. That yes. is Isn't that, that amazing? Really does encompass the event event i have a much better idea now what we're talking about here of why you're getting in the car and running on or driving over here yeah i would it's amazing (laughs) this is impressive all right so the thing is 
it, it's made of wood, right? So it's, wood and, and paper mache and yeah, uh, obviously, uh, yeah, you know, different things. But yes, no, it's it's quite impressive. They they take about a month to build that. It looks like it's something in the range of twenty five to thirty feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> easily it's it's huge and they do such a good job and they all volunteer their time and then you know and it's gone in three minutes so this is yeah this is last year's and it uh there's it looks like there's you know a thousand people there maybe maybe more yeah it's a, it's a pretty big deal i'm telling you it's just right up there with like you know uh what do you guys have jazz fest yeah it's like right that. there it's like that it's even got fireworks <laughs> only cooler yeah <laughs> much much cooler um, and it's, we keep trying to compare it to Burning Man, but it's it, probably I think, I not think, that bad. Well, there's no crazy vehicles driving around, although, you know, <laughs> there, are, there are the Custer vehicles, so I guess that kind of, and the people are probably the same. Um, yeah, you know, it's kind of one of those, and it's not a week long, it's, it's five minutes long, but, yeah. um, but then, so, uh, you know, yeah. much rejoicing in the community afterwards, right? It is. It started as an event for people to kind of, uh, you know, commiserate and kind of support one another through what was an awful experience of the Beatles. But now it's become, you know, like anything, an organized event, which, I don't know, I like the old days where it was casual and hillbillyish. <laughs> You're just blowing stuff up and burning it. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of what we like. Everybody had a torch yeah. and ran for it. Mm-hmm. You know? it. Now you have to have a ticket to burn it. <laughs> <laughs> I got a ticket to burn? Is it? Yep, a ticket to burn. Uh, that's yeah. funny. It sounds a lot, though. It's it's pretty similar to what's happening over at uh, the Boone Man compound at some point this month, where the whole backyard's going up in flames. Only wow. only yours is more constructed. His is just junk. <laughs> right. You can do that in the city, huh? Uh, no, he doesn't live in the city. Oh, he, that's true. That's right. He can we see like to call those burn piles. And people. that's what people talk about after the first big snow. Hey, did you burn your pile yet? <laughs> so that's that's a really big conversation. It's it's more than you know. What do you think about the weather? It's like, did you burn your pile yet? Yeah. So um, that's you, we'll have to talk about that. Well, but you better get over here and say goodbye to Mount Rushmore because if our government shuts down, then you know we're not going to Mount Rushmore anymore. Right. It's all done. They just put a moose up front. Should have told you. Park's closed. They just put a bungee cord across the front and <laughs> say we're done. And, you know, put a big flag over it and say it's over. Yeah. I, I, Crazy horse yeah, will still be bad. open. That's not government. Right. That's that's not government. So that's and good. they I was reading up, up on that, you know, at the National Zoo, they're still gonna feed the uh the animals. But good. you won't be able to watch the panda cam, which I know you keep on your computer all the time. So yep. you won't be able to watch those pandas. <laughs> uh well, I won't need to. I'll be in Custer. I'll be You will, and you know what? Hey, I just saw I saw an out of state license plate. So no. we, we might get a big crowd. <laughs> In the winter? That's In amazing. the winter. I'm telling you, it's crazy out here. Is there snow again? Or is it, you don't have any snow? I mean, because we don't have any snow right now because it's right. It's like 50 some degrees out and uh, slightly windy. But um, but we we will uh, hopefully we get the snow because we really do need it. We need to clean up that fire. Uh, we need the growth out in the park. Um, we need we need as much moisture as we possibly can get to survive through the, the summer. Absolutely, and you need uh, snow for skiing. Although that's uh, they, they've had more that's snow north. up in the north. That's right? like a different. That's like North Dakota. We don't really go up there. So. <laughs> no, you live down. It's a different state. I, when, I know. <laughs> when the revolution comes, and it will, right. I plan to hunker down in Custer. That's going to be where I'm going to make my last stand. I thought we were going to Igloo to one of those uh, <laughs> those uh, 
closet hut things that are going to fall in anyways. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot <laughs> about that. For yes. Yeah. Well, did you talk about the tourism at all, or no? How much how, the tourism report? Apparently, it's booming. Booming. We're up. What? We're up point oh one percent. So that's that's huge, I guess. But at the but, beginning know, of the summer, you were very concerned. I was very concerned, but we ended up fine. Um, but I love how they put. Did you read the report? Because they put it in perspective that East River people can understand. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thanks. I love this. 13.9 million tourists, visitors to the state of South Dakota. And you know how they, how they make that so that you guys can understand on that side of the state? How do they do that? That would be equivalent to 139 Garth Brooks concerts. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I think that's so awesome. Jim Hagen, kudos to you for putting that up. That's in the report? <laughs> that's in the report. Oh, that's my in the God. Report. Oh, yep. my God. See, we got to make things simple for your people. <laughs> just <laughs> won't die. Garth Mania <laughs> running wild. Can you imagine? I'd rather yeah. have 139, uh, or excuse me, 13.9 uh, million tourists than, yeah. I'd rather have, than 139 concerts. I'd rather have 1,000 Bark Beetle Blues days than yeah. any more Garth yep. Brooks concerts. But that's me, right? All right. Well, get over here. All right. I will. Hey. Uh, plug the restaurant. Sage Creek Grill, we're open all winter long, and we're open tomorrow night. We have free pork chili to give away if you uh, are part of the uh, Bark Beetle Blues. Awesome. Uh, Buffalo yeah. Maiden, thanks for being here, and we'll talk to you next week. She's got okay. a ticket to ride. <laughs> there it is. She's got a ticket to ride. She's got a ticket to ride, but she don't She's got a ticket to burn for sure. We're going to come right back and talk with Thea Miller-Ryan from the Outdoor Campus and Will Collins about uh, the big canoe and kayak expo this weekend at the Outdoor Campus. That's coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 345 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And I'm very happy to have back in the studio because it's Friday. Thea Miller-Ryan from the Outdoor Campus, and uh, Thea, thanks for being here. You bet. I love coming here on Fridays. Yeah, well, it's it's always just a little ray of sunshine for us, let me tell you <laughs> that, because we need it. Um, Good. But you always come in, and you always bring somebody with you. That's right. A guest of some sort, and this time, your guest is Will Collins, who we have on the phone, who's en route to Sioux Falls. Mr. Collins, welcome to the Patrick Lally Show. Hey, thank you very much, Patrick and uh, and Thea. Happy to be here and uh, and share a little bit of my story and uh, and happy it's Friday too and uh, we got a little sun. Yeah, it's a nice day for traveling. So you are on your way to Sioux Falls. Where are you coming from? I'm coming from Watertown. Yep, I'm uh, not too far out, and I'll be heading down there uh, awfully soon here for an uh, event we got going on tomorrow. Uh, as Thea knows, at the uh, at the uh, outdoor Campus, facility yep. there in Sioux. Yep, at the outdoor campus in Sioux Falls, we have the uh, South Dakota Canoe and Kayak Annual Meeting, the Canoe and Kayak Association Convention, and uh, they asked me to give a little a little speech about uh, a trip I recently did here canoeing the Mississippi River, and uh, I'm happy to go down there and, and uh, share the story a little bit. Yeah, it sounds like an amazing trip, and and so the, the 
uh, association's annual meeting at the outdoor campus tomorrow, and Thea has all the details on that, so we better say that. Wh- sure. Where, when is it? Um, yeah. It's open. Anybody can go. It's um, 11 to 4 tomorrow, and the sessions start at noon. I think I think we're hearing the talk about your big trip along the river around 1. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, I think around one thirty, one forty five should be the uh, the speech. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, cool, interesting people there. I'm excited to hear about uh, some of the other programs talking about canoe trips to the Boundary Waters, uh, trips to the uh, Missouri River in both South Dakota and Montana. So sounds like it should be a pretty good event. So, uh, Will, when did you tell us about your trip? When did you start? And how long did it take you? And that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I. Uh, I had this vision for a few years, uh, for whatever reason, something in my gut was telling me that uh, I needed to go out and canoe the Mississippi River. So after a couple of years of uh, fighting the feeling, the urge finally surfaced. And, oh, and uh, I believe it was the end of August of this year, August 23rd, I started uh, on a solo journey uh, with me and a uh, canoe and a bunch of gear loaded in a boat and uh, put in at the headwaters of the Mississippi River, which is in northern Minnesota, uh, not too far from us, in, uh, in near, near Bemidji, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I put in there and traveled uh, 103 days, 2,500 miles uh, through 10 states uh, and made it to the Gulf of Mexico uh, just a few months ago now in the beginning of December. Wow. That, that really is amazing. So uh, did you just camp on the side, on the, on the way, or did you know places where you could stop to stay? Uh, it was a little bit of both. Mostly, most nights were uh, were camping. Yeah, uh, throughout Minnesota, there's established campsites, and then south of Minnesota, uh, a lot of the water and, and land uh, on the shore is, uh, is actually designated uh, federal and state land that's uh, open to public camping. So there's all kinds of beautiful areas. So yeah, pull over to the side of the river, toss up a tent, toss up a hammock, and uh, cook a little grub and call it a night. And that's a, but that's a long trip. At what point do you say, if I ever see that hammock again, I'm going to, I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there was a few points, but luckily, uh, there's definitely a few stretches that were tough, but one of the most amazing parts about the trip, which I wasn't expecting was, uh, all the people that I met along the way and that helped me out along the way. There was probably 20 or 25 different, uh, instances, Patrick, maybe more that, uh, people I met or people I had a loose connection with a friend of a friend who I was put in contact with, uh, put me up for a night, oftentimes two, three nights. And I was able to get a shower and eat some home cooked meals and see a bed. So that definitely helped, uh, help disperse the, <laughs> the camping. Yeah. That, that was my question. I was going to ask, you know, how many days you traveled, how many miles you traveled, how many showers did you get? <laughs> <laughs> It, it seemed it seemed like there was uh, a shower if I was looking hard enough. There was a shower uh, maybe once a week, once every ten days or so. Wow, mm. the pattern that I fell into. <laughs> Yummy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, real tasty. There has in any adventure like this, any long adventure, there has to be a point where two things happen. One, you're convinced that it's over, and and two. You, you, your mind enters some level of uh, nirvana. You know, you have a sort of grand moment of of uh, relevance and awareness. Did either of those two things happen to you? Yeah, I would say definitely the uh, the, the nirvana like state. Uh, 
I mean, this was a long trip, 103 days. I was sitting and I was solo by myself in a, in a canoe on a big river. And, uh, you know, you, it's, it's pretty, uh, you get into the rhythm of that way of life of waking up, eating breakfast, packing up camp, packing up the boat, getting on the water, paddling all day, setting up camp, making dinner. And, and you kind of get in the rhythm of that, uh, I guess, natural world, natural state that uh, doesn't have a lot to do with technology and with uh, setting your alarm and, and uh, going to the gym. So it's that, that's kind of the Nirvana-like state that I got into, just the rhythm of that style of life. But the closing moments uh, as I got to the Gulf of Mexico, to be honest with you, I was ready to be, uh, at that point, the last, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 days or so, from Baton Rouge to New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, super busy traffic. Yeah. And so at that point, uh, I was almost ready to be off the river. So it was, uh, it was nice to reach that salt water. It can be dangerous, too. It's not just being on the water. You're on the water with a bunch of freighters at that point. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, it's it's pretty wild. All the money and, and commodities that are uh, traded on the Mississippi River that I think a lot of us don't off, often think about. Uh, oil freighters, uh, all kinds of grain, all kinds of uh, coal, timber, you name it. Uh, coffee. It's coming in and out of the uh, of the Gulf of Mexico up and up the Mississippi River to uh, to all the cities along the way, especially New Orleans. Uh, yeah, so we're talking to with Will Collins. He's uh, going to be in Sioux Falls tomorrow at the outdoor campus for the South Dakota Canoe and Kayak Association annual meeting from 11 to 3? 11 to 2. 11 to 4. 11 to 4. Sorry, yeah. 11 to 4. And Thea Miller-Ryan is here with us as well. Uh, one question I have for you, and I've heard this about um, the confluence of the Missouri and the Mississippi can be a particularly tricky spot. Did you have any trouble going through there? Yeah, actually, uh, it was. I, I hung out for a while right at that confluence. They have like a little monument where uh, that's where Lewis and Clark uh, pitched their camp for a few weeks before they uh, ascended the uh, Missouri River, which is insane. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I uh, I actually had some friends in St. Louis that I was uh, hooking up with, and they were putting me up for for a few days in St. Louis. So. Uh, they picked me up right at the confluence, so there is a tricky part uh, below there. They call it the Chain of Rocks, mm-hmm. uh, a big rapid there. And, and uh, yeah, that confluence can be tricky, but luckily I had some friends uh, help me out and, and show me around the city for a few days. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Um, did you have any times that you felt like you were in danger or in trouble or any spills along the way? You know, for the most part, um, I would say for 90% of it, I uh, felt in control, but, uh, there was definitely some instances that were a bit spooky. One instance, uh, I had been sleeping uh, on a sandbar. I camped on a sandbar. I was a little bit sick. It'd been storming and winding and, uh, wind blowing sideways and rain, uh, for three days straight. And I, uh, decided to stay on a sandbar. It was a low hanging sandbar, probably about 200 yards big, 200 yards wide. And uh, I got up in the middle of the night uh, to use, go to the bathroom, and I get out of the tent, unzip it, walk out, and I notice that the sandbar shrunk by about half. <laughs> yeah. And my boat, the back end of my boat, was floating in the river while the front end Holy had some moly. weight in it and was still in the sand. And, of course, the, uh, the river had risen a few feet in the middle of the night and uh, almost lost my boat and uh, woke up the next morning and almost the whole sandbar, the same morning, I should say, later in the morning, and the uh, almost the entire sandbar disappeared. So wow. I packed and uh, packed up Herbs. and got out of there real quick. 
Well, Will Collins, uh, thank you for taking some time for us today. You can hear Will and meet him tomorrow at the outdoor campus uh, during the South Dakota Kayak and Canoe Association annual meeting from 11 to 4. We'll talk about 1.30. So if you want to learn, hear more about the adventure, get over there to the outdoor campus. Thanks a lot, Will. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. See you Have tomorrow. And Thea Miller-Ryan, thank you for being here. It's always a pleasure. Thanks. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. This is a public service announcement with Guitar! 4.58 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Hey everybody, this weekend it's the Greater Sioux Falls Boat, RV, and Camper Show. It's today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Get out there, it's going to be a good time. Today, 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Sunday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Boats and RVs and campers and everything else. It's at the convention or at the fairgrounds. I'm sorry, the expo building. Adults are seven bucks. Children 12 and under are free. Coming up in the second hour of the show, we're going to talk to Julie Anderson Friesen about uh, the South Dakota premiere of Solver and the film series for Cinema Falls. That's all coming up on the Patrick Lalick Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Four fourteen on the Patrick Lalick Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And a town called Malice from the Jam brings in Julie Anderson Friesen with Cinema Falls. And uh, Julie, thank you very much for coming and being on the Patrick Lally Show. We appreciate it. Oh, I'm very glad to be here. This is my first time with you. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's always an experience for everybody watching uh, watching me sweat the board over here. So <laughs> to be kind. When people say, how did it go there? Just say, he seemed like he knew what he was doing, and then just <laughs> run away. Um, no, thank you very much. So Cinema Falls, uh, first of all, you are uh, the founder of Cinema Falls. Yes. Uh, and oh, briefly, what is it? Cinema Falls is a film collective, essentially. It's a film organization. Uh, it is not a nonprofit. I just don't have time to go scout films, watch films, select films, book the whole thing and, you know, run the season and also run a board and run out, mm-hmm. you know, doing fundraising. So uh, it's a uh, an, an unprofitable for-profit <laughs> is what I <laughs> yes. would say. It's a, it's a labor of love. And it was uh, born literally on Valentine's Day. You know, that's when we launched uh, six years ago. So uh, it, it is a, a film uh, group. Essentially, you don't have to be a, it's not a film society. You don't have to be a member. Uh, so it's for people who love independent film, uh, who want to see documentaries, who appreciate world cinema. Uh, you know, I like to go see uh, exciting films in the Cineplex as well as everyone else. But there's also what's missing is what's called specialty cinema mm-hmm. in our market or art house film. And that's what I exhibit and bring to the city and you have uh the reason we brought you here today is because you have an event this weekend that's really uh quite cool um so it's the it's the south dakota premiere of a movie called solver right i got that right 
tell us about that film and why you wanted to bring it here. Well, what's fantastic is because of the fact that Cinema Falls has grown to the point that it has, when people start looking for who can we connect with, who's going to have an audience in place and who kind of knows how to handle our film. So I was approached uh, by someone who the connection was made through another uh, media reporter and uh, he contacted me and let me know about his film. Uh, I watched it, uh, but the fascinating part about this film is that they chose South Dakota, they chose Cinema Falls to premiere it in South Dakota. This is not the, the film's first exhibition. This is the, the South Dakota premiere. And the reason they wanted to work with Cinema Falls was because of our um, credibility, our you know longevity, uh, but also uh, it was obviously the biggest market in the state. And so the best part about this film is that it also is bringing back to South Dakota Carrie Knoopy, who is from Hot Springs, born in Hot Springs, grew up in Pine Ridge, and she's one of our own. She's a South yeah. Dakota actress, and she really is a rising star, and you don't always know what you're going to get when you get a film like this sent to you, and she really carries the film. She's great, and we're flying her in and giving her a homecoming. Oh, cool. And that is uh, this Sunday, right? Yes, this Sunday. So it's Sunday. Uh, doors open at 6, film at 6.30 uh, at the West Mall 7. Yes. Um, and so there's also a post-film Q&A uh, with, uh, with the, the actress, uh, Carrie Knoopy. Knoopy? Knoopy. Knoopy. Mm -hmm. And the director, right? Yeah. Well, the screenwriter. I'm sorry, screenwriter. And kind of the filmmaker behind the concept of the film. Uh, Jack Kelly, who's fascinating. I mean, this guy went to Yale. He has a degree in architecture. And so he built a lot of these puzzles that are in the film. Oh, and it, really? And it was really inspired by, uh, you know, escape rooms and live puzzle solving that has this really big trend. And so he, he has this architectural degree, built these puzzles, but he also then went to Wall Street and had mm. a career on Wall Street. Yeah, he's kind of a, you know, not a bright making, guy, right? <laughs> right. Um, and now he's making movies. And now he is making this movie. And so he thought, I'm going to capitalize on this sort of escape room trend. Well, he, you know, wrote this script. It's really fun. Uh, he calls it the Goonies meet an escape room. <laughs> um, so it's really kind of a, a PG, I would say, in my opinion, kind of ages 12 and up to be able to really track and follow the puzzles um, and it's, although I think there've been kids as young as nine who've watched it and really had a good time, but this, this, uh, main character comes home to, he gets a, he's uh, working in wall street. He gets a notice to come home because his grandfather has passed away and he comes back to his grandfather's cabin and the whole thing is just booby trapped with puzzles. Oh, wow. And he has to solve those and he has kind of a meet cute with Carrie Knoopy's character, Alex, who's a garage mechanic. And uh, they get entangled together in this uh, sort of uh, puzzle that they're trying to solve. And in the meantime, you add a villain mm -hmm. and a couple other ancillary characters. And it's just, it's really fun. It's an adventure film. And, is uh, it like a thriller kind of thing, or is yeah, it more like yeah. a rom-com? <laughs> no, it is not a rom-com. Okay, uh, it is, it is uh, I would call it an adventure film. It's suspenseful, but it's not, uh, uh, and a, you know, a thriller, but it's not like an R-rated 
lots of blood right. and gore and guns, you know. So what's interesting is if you talk to the filmmaker, he would say, you know, wanted to make a film without a bunch of CGI. So when you see these puzzles, they're things he's built himself. So it's kind of a brain teaser as well. Uh, it's very clever and it's really engaging. It sounds wonderful. And it's uh, uh, the movie's called Solver and it's at the doors open at six at West Mall seven film at six thirty. So uh, it's at West Mall seven. So it's a big, fairly big room. Oh, yeah. There's uh, there's, you know, over 200 seats and over, you know, well over half of those are already sold and gone. Uh, oh, wow. So we really, you know, if, if somebody's going to look at getting a ticket, actually, it's uh, you're going to save money if you buy in advance. It's going to be more at the door. And and when we're sold out, there's just no more room right. at, at this point. Uh, so and then we have a separate ticket uh, for an after party. So if people are going to miss the film or if they want to do both, mm -hmm. there's a separate ticket for an after party. And both of these tickets are on cinemafalls.com, but the uh, the after party is at Ex Escape 605. Oh, cool. And so they've partnered with us and will host this after party that you can buy a ticket to with food, cash bar. They're going to actually throw in uh, an escape room play <laughs> if you want to do that, which... Like the ticket's seventeen dollars, but yeah. I think a play is twenty or twenty-five. Sure. So it's a great value. Food, cash bar, um, and then Carrie and Jack are going to be there, so you can meet and greet Neat. and mingle and and be a part. But that one has a very limited ticket. So when we're out, we're out. That's it. And we're over again. Over half of those are gone. Julie Anderson Friesen. She is the founder of Cinema Falls, which promotes independent and documentary and world film in our community. So where can I get these tickets? How do I do that if I want to do that right now? Go to cinema, www.cinemafalls.com. So uh, that's it. C-I-N-E-M-A-F-A-L-L-S, Cinema we'll, uh, Falls. And we'll put that link up on our uh, Twitter feed. So if people are struggling with some part of that, they can go to P. Lally <laughs> Show and find it. You'd be uh, surprised yeah, how many I know. people spell it with an S. <laughs> I know. And uh, so it sounds like a, a great evening. Tell us a little bit about Carrie Knoopy, though. Um, you said she's an up-and-coming star, grew up on Pine Ridge. Uh, give us some of her background and what she's been working on. Well, one of the first most striking things about her when I saw her on screen in the film is she looks like a young Julia Roberts. Mm. Uh, she should play her little sister. She should <laughs> play her daughter. She should play her as a younger person. It, she's just striking uh, and talented. She uh, is, you know, obviously flying in from L.A. She's a working actress in Hollywood, and uh, she was kind of had a, a breakout experience at a film at South by Southwest. So, and she's had television roles as well. So she's a working actress and she's flying back from LA to be here. And I think it's really sweet. A lot of her family are traveling from West River. They're traveling to come and be uh, here for the screening. So I think it's great that her parents are actually going to be at the screening and be able to see their daughter on screen with a full house of people and, um, you know, she's a rising star. I mean, she's early in her career, but, you know, we South Dakota has a few people who have done really well in the film industry, but they leave South Dakota right. and they don't often look back. And uh, my hope is that we can really nurture a relationship with her, show her there's support for film in South Dakota and especially in Sioux Falls. 
And, you know, when her star, you know, ignites, maybe she'll remember us all and yeah. and, and come back. Throws a bone once in a while, right? So yeah. you've done these kinds of big events before. Yes. Uh, you've brought all kinds of people in. Yes. For, for premieres or just for events? I've done some premieres and events. Um, you know, more locally, I've done some premiere events for Nick Simon, who is more in the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the most significant events that I ever hosted uh, was straight from uh, Sundance Film Festival, and that was Steve James. And he's not necessarily a household word for people, but he directed and and filmed the documentary on the life of Roger Ebert. And Mm. Chaz Ebert, his wife, was a part of selecting Cinema Falls because of Roger Ebert's desire for his story to be told in the more remote, rural areas of America. So we got to host that film, fresh from Sundance and before the Cannes Film Festival. That's pretty cool. And and he's the guy who directed uh, Hoop Dreams, right? Yes, yes. Which I remember seeing that movie, uh, what, 25 years ago, whenever it was? Yes, yes. And was just blown away by it. Well, and he's got another one out, too, the, uh, as well, another documentary. He's he's really a good documentary filmmaker and uh, such a polite guest and wonderful. And we filled the room up with students from six different uh, – we invited colleges and universities mm-hmm. all around the area to come for free to participate in that educational screening. And Steve James came – and that was a big deal. One, uh, someone else that we hosted, uh, who's a good friend of mine, uh, came to Sioux Falls because he was trying to work through a, sort of a one-man show that eventually became very successful on Kickstarter. But one of my close friends from college is a guy named Joel Hodgson, who created Mystery Science 3. You're kidding me. 2000. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. You're not going to have nearly enough time for this story <laughs> because... I just got goosebumps. So we're going to come right back with Julie Anderson <laughs> okay. Friesen and talk about how she went to college with Joel Hodgson. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 434 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, that's the rave-ups, by the way, She Says Come Around, which I think is appropriate because Julie Anderson-Friesen is here with, uh, she's the founder of Cinema Falls, and she's saying, come around and see some film. Uh, but we, when we last, when we let go there at the bottom of the hour, uh, you were talking about Joel Hodgson, who is, in my world, a, a uh, walking, talking genius of comedy. <laughs> but you know him. How do you know him? <laughs> Well, you know, we're we're college friends, and uh, we've and we've remained friends. Uh, I've hosted him back here in Sioux Falls a couple times. Uh, he came back and he did uh, Manos, you know, The Hands of Fate, and we sold out a big three hundred seat theater, and it was really fun. And after he did that, he had such a great time, and it was really fun to reconnect. And and. Uh, so we talked about, on I think on the ride back, to bring him uh, back to the airport, we talked about the possibility of him, like why, why does he not have a one-man show? Because it would be fascinating to so many people to hear him. And I was, I was kind of talking about the movie Beauty is Embarrassing, which is a one-man show of an artist telling about how did he evolve in his career. And uh, Joel had seen that documentary as well, really liked it. So anyway, he crafted this one-man show and... 
you know, we we're, we could kind of host a soft opening for that program. And uh, he called it Riffing Myself. <laughs> and he came back and he just did this great show. And we did it down at the Icon, which was the perfect location. Everybody loved it. And it was just a great way for him to, um, almost like how, how stand-up comedy uh, artists, how stand-up comedians go around to nightclubs. Yep. And they, you know, even when they're Jerry Seinfeld, right, they dip into some comedy club and they work on their act just to keep it fresh and live and work out their material. And that's kind of what we were. And, you know, everybody was very willing in Sioux Falls and a lot of people were just shocked. They couldn't believe that they could see him. So then that went well. And, of course, uh, for anybody who just keeps track in his career, he ended up being the most successful Kickstarter campaign uh, as well. So in the light of events we've hosted that are, you know, a premiere or an event, you know, we, I've just tried to, uh, how can I kind of keep things fresh rather than, rather than just putting something on screen? What, what makes it more engaging for an audience? I've also hosted Barbara Schock, who is, uh, you know, she's the chair of the grad film program at NYU, one of the top two mm -hmm. film schools in the world. Yeah. And, and uh, she has an Oscar. She brought it with her. She <laughs> that's brought, cool. She, she said, this is the last time I'm traveling with the Oscar. Yeah, I, that's so, probably a good idea. But she came back, and I think that was one of our most incredible programs. She recruited a student uh, that I wrote a recommendation letter for. Uh, so did Jeffrey Miller from uh, Augustana, and she got in. And so there's an Augie student. Yeah, at uh, NYU Film School. At NYU Film School wow. right now. So that's that's the other part of Cinema Falls is creating opportunities for people to find their voice in film, to work out material, uh, to uh, or like this film solver where, you know, this filmmaker contacts me and says, I think Carrie deserves a screening in her home state, and yeah. I'm not going to argue with that. And thankfully, it's a good movie. Yeah. Now, we should back up for just a second. Joel yes. Hodgson yes. is the creator of MST3K, which is which, a cult phenomenon. Uh, and it's from the Twin Cities. Yes. And that's where you went to school, right? The yes. Twin Cities. Yes. So, uh, and he is very well, I, he, does, he must also do some writing, or is it, I'm not oh, exactly yes. sure everything he does, but oh, yes. uh, he was on, and I was saying this earlier, uh, I would just was watching reruns of uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, and there he is. Yes. Hanging out with Jerry Seinfeld because they're buddies. They are. They're, they're very good friends. Uh, very good friends. In fact, um, one of the, uh, I remember the day Joel called me up and said, hey, I want you to watch this HBO special because I am writing it for this kind of up and coming comedian. His name is, you know, Jerry. Yeah. And uh, watch this HBO special. And it's a scene where I think they're at the, in the Wizard of Oz. And uh, I think Joel's part, he opens up a little door and he's the, the guy <laughs> who sticks out with the giant green yep. hat. and. Yep. Uh, so he put himself in there as well. But, yeah, that, he that's kind of how they met. He was writing for him. And Barbara Schock is uh, of the Sioux Falls Shocks. Yes. And can, and I can never remember the name of her film because it's got a, a long name. Yes. Well, can also, you? Uh, yes, I can. Uh, she was handed her Oscar by Jude Law and Kate Blanchett. Yeah. And the film was called My Mother Dreams the Satan's Disciples in New York. Yes. And we showed the film here. Yep. She brought her Oscar and we got I called the Academy and I got permission to show the clip 
of her winning the Oscar, which oh, wow. we played for the audience. And then I walked out with her Oscar and got <laughs> to give it to her again uh. in Sioux Falls. Uh, but she really, it was just a very wonderful uh, homecoming for her. And, and I have to tell you, Barbara Schock and I talk from time to time, mm-hmm. and she always says, I just cannot believe that you have just, like, you decided to launch this thing called Cinema Falls. You you just started it from scratch, and you're making it happen. And when I left Sioux Falls, I would have never imagined an organization like that existing, being supported, appreciated, and she's thrilled. And so she's, I love that she's so supportive. Now, at some point I heard that she was an inspiration for the character in Sideways, uh, who's the uh, (laughs) ex of the main character in that movie. It's not her in the movie, but she's like the inspiration for that? Or she has some connection to that movie? She has a former connection Got it. to Rex Pickett. Yes. Got it. I, I didn't I could I never knew what it was, but it's a yes. wonderful movie and yeah. they I, are they remain friends. They okay. remain friends. Yes. Great. Um uh so there I didn't know she was see, this is how out of touch I am. I did not know she was dean of the, the of chair. the graduate school. Chair of the She is the school. chair of the graduate film school department. That's amazing. And it's there are not many of those women. There are no. not many of those in that role who are women. And so it's a, it's a really prestigious role. And uh, she's fantastic. I mean, this is like where James Franco is from NYU. You know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. just a, a roster of people that she's friends with and knows. Uh, so she's she's she, and she also helped, you know, bring it right back to Sioux Falls. She was someone who helped uh, someone like Nick Simon mm-hmm. and advocate for him because he got into AFI. And went to AFI. So uh, I really, it was great to bring her back uh, and have her speak. And I, again, reached out and and, uh, we reach out and invite students. Because we don't really have, we might have people who teach a film class, but we don't have a film school here. We don't have that. And I think it's just another mission of Cinema Falls. Like I I always say, I, I operate under the aesthetic yeah. of a nonprofit because I'm so I'm community based and mission driven. And my goal is if I can, you know, engage people with film, if I can help them in their career, uh, making film, making good film and knowing the difference. I'm I'm excited about that. We're going to come right back with Julie Anderson Friesen and uh, talk more about Cinema Falls. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four forty-five on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Uh, English beat. One of my favorite songs of all time, Mirror in the Bathroom. And we are talking with Julie Anderson Friesen from Cinema Falls, the founder of Cinema Falls. So you have the big event this Sunday with uh, Carrie Canopy and Jack Kelly from uh, The Solver, from the film Solver. Uh, again, doors open at 6 at West Mall 7, film at 6.30, but you better get your tickets beforehand uh, if you want to guarantee a spot. Um, so go to cinemafalls.org. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. com. Mm-hmm. cinemafalls.com but you have uh, other films you have a you have a season yes. a series in yes. the in the fall and the spring yes so what uh what other 
films are coming up that that are exciting for this this series, this spring series? Well, uh, we've got two already after Solver that are booked uh, and on the books. And one of the interesting ways that Cinema Falls works is we have people who sort of, you know, jump in for our whole season and they don't even know what I'm going to program, which is a great pressure that's put on me to make sure to program and make them happy. Uh, and and serve that audience. So they jump, take a leap of faith with me, and then I work hard to make sure that I'm just delivering them good content uh, and good films that are engaging and, you know, cinematically nutritious. And so uh, I have three films out, but I, I, I wait and I track and I kind of go out and hunt and scout to try to find how to build out that program and then balance it documentaries, world cinema, and uh, indie film, you know, features, and and maybe a shorts program. So coming up next, After Solver, is actually next, the net following Sunday night, January 28th, uh, in part because we wind up having to work around the Oscars, the Olympics, the Super Bowl. Uh, and so we kind of cram our Sunday nights together where we have to. But I'm showing a film called In the Fade, and that film just won the Golden Globe. Oh, wow. And... We're going to find out January 23rd next week. We will all find out whether or not it makes an Oscar nomination. Uh, Beings it won the Golden Globe, I'll be surprised if it doesn't land an Oscar nomination for Best Foreign Film uh, or Best Foreign Language Film. But I saw the film. I saw it at a film festival in California the day after she won the Globe. Diane Kruger was there uh, with the director of the film. And it's an important one to me because of the rise of neo-Nazism worldwide right now. And so the film is a a feature drama. It's a very suspenseful film. It's a courtroom drama, but it's also uh, a woman who loses her son and husband. And, you know, that's part of the summary, film summary. I'm not giving anything away in an explosion. And And they try to figure out who has done it. And so... Uh, she goes to court, um, but there's just this element for her uh, of what is justice, what is revenge, and uh, it's it's just uh, it's a it's a edge of your seat movie. Yeah, and what's uh, it called again? Give me the title. In the fade. In the fade. And it won the Golden Globe. Wow. Uh, so I'm going to book that one. That's already booked for Sunday, January 28th. Uh, rated R. I mean, it's just it's an edge of your seat movie. Uh, but very timely in terms of content. And then in February, uh, Saturday, February 10th, is probably our most popular program that we have every year, and that is for, I think, seven years now, eight years, I've been bringing the Oscar-nominated shorts. So Cinema Falls helped bring that program to Sioux Falls. We were the first in, in South Dakota. And so the program is... The, the breaks that people take to go get a sandwich or go in the kitchen during the Oscars, yeah. where it's like these categories, they, I don't know what these movies are, right. right? So it's the animated shorts, the live action shorts, the documentary shorts. Well, we started bringing those films uh, seven years ago to Sioux Falls. And we it, it's almost just like a miniature film festival. And so people get to see all five nominees in each category. And, oh, it, wow. and by the time the Academy Awards roll around, for a lot of people, they're saturated and they kind of go, oh, yeah, we know who's going to win. But those categories have become really fun and suspenseful. 
and a lot of times they are up and coming filmmakers. So you're you're you know you're cheering for them, and then we also we pass out a ballot and our audience votes, and then we compare how we voted and what won in Cinema Falls, hmm. and we compare our results to the Academy that and, night. And that's when? What's the date of that? That's Saturday, February 10th. And, and should... we just book out, you know, the theater, at, again, a big theater at West Mall 7. And, and again, tickets for all three of these, the Solver, In the Fade, and the Oscar shorts, they're all on cinemafalls.com. And in, in, with the case of the shorts, you probably should get a ticket in advance, too. It's very popular. Very popular. Yeah. I think it's sold out every year that we've done it. In fact, people, the minute we posted it online, they start buying. We start. We started yeah. selling tickets. We're here with Julie Anderson Friesen. She is the founder of Cinema Falls. Got a lot going on. Uh, you you have published or uh, producer credits. I was I when I was doing a little research. I was like, oh, two movies. You don't know Bertha Constantine and the Radio Gamers. Yes. How do you, how do you end up with producer credits? What, how are you? What's your involvement in those films? My involvement with the first film, uh, You Don't Know Bertha Constantine, is is because Julia Pichad Bennett was in that film. Mm. Uh, she was a theater professor at Augustana and a really talented actress. Uh, a filmmaker had made a short film with, you know, w- uh, with her in a, a leading role, um, but could not get it to a point where it was on exhibition quality. Uh, that it could be seen, like could not really even afford to get the film to Blu-ray. And I wanted her to have a premiere in her city because she was married to Tom Bennett, Mm -hmm. who was the executive director of the symphony for, you know, how 15 plus years. And she had given so much to the theater community, um, uh, to the whole city of Sioux Falls, including starring in a a play that uh, Kim Bartling directed. So I, it, it was sad to me. She'd been in this film, and, and the, the director couldn't get it to an a exhibition-quality um, copy. And so to get a producer credit, the short answer is I wrote a check. <laughs> well, I felt strongly that she sh- deserved that, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what I did. I, I helped make sure it could That's generally seen. what producers do, though. Yes, they're they're the money people. They're out getting money. They're out finding the funding, and they're help driving the project and uh, making sure things happen. Yes, that's uh, pretty cool. And the radio gamers, radio What's... gamers. Uh, that was a film. Um, Nick Simon made a film, uh, Removal, and the star one of the one of the leads in that film was a guy named Mark Kelly. Uh, Mark Kelly also came to Sioux Falls for mm. Removal. And it was, again, it was a little film that he was in. Um, so those were my two little producing credits. And, and, um, and again, it, was, um, it wasn't big dollar amounts or anything like that. But it's still like cool that, to go on IMBD and there you are. <laughs> yes, Pretty there neat. you are. You have your own page on IMBD. That's better than I have. Um, my la- <laughs> I'll my last tell question. you how to write a check and get your own. Yeah. <laughs> the, la- the last question I yeah. have for you before I let you go is, have you ever had a... Uh, wow, I can't believe I'm here moment. You go to a lot of film festivals. You've done a lot of stuff. You know a lot of people. Have you ever taken a step back and said, wait a minute, <laughs> how did I get here? Yes. I Well, that happened just in January. Uh, I, was at a film, I was at a film festival, um, and I ended up, well, I've had a couple of them. You know, uh, just recently I, I, I ended up uh, at an after party and seated to my left was uh, Octavia Spencer, 
but standing in front of me mm-hmm. was somebody I, I had an odd connection with, uh, Guillermo del Toro, and we were able to have a fun, really quick conversation connected to my cousin, actually. Uh, so that w- And then I turned, and there was Alice and Janney, and we took a photo together, and uh, she's just been a hero of mine ever since she was C.J. Craig on the yeah. West Wing. Who, who doesn't may, love her? Who may win an Oscar this year she's, for supporting actors? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, she's absolutely the, the favored horse in that race, and she's so lovely. And then I turned one more direction, and there was Mary Hart. And I was able to have a conversation about with Mary Hart about our Augustana connection yeah, and a connection that she now has to that film student at NYU. And they had recently hosted her Holy and met cow. her. So it was, you know, it, it's, that was, those were kind of some wild moments, but I think one of the best moments is just sitting in the theater. We show a great film. It happily moves the audience as much as I hoped it would move them. And Afterwards, the next day, I have thank you notes in my inbox from Mm -hmm. people who say, we know how hard you work. We know you don't take a salary. We know that you just fight so hard to make this happen for us, and we're so grateful. And that is better than meeting any star. Yeah, that's amazing. You feel like you've you've really done something for your town. Julie Anderson Friesen, you have done something for your town, and I hope you'll do something for us and come back again and talk more about movies. It's wonderful. Oh, I'd love to, Patrick. Thank you. Well, yeah, right. I think you might have to call your show Information 1000K. You could <laughs> take on the MST3K number <laughs> yeah, in there. That would be great. Uh, thank you very much. We'll be right back on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000KSOO. 458 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000KSOO. The Clash. It's Friday. It's five o'clock. Oh, it's all good. Coming up on Monday, Valerie Schoenwill and Colleen Moran of the Sioux Falls Human Relations Commission will be here. We'll talk about sexual harassment in the workplace and a bunch of other stuff. And the Boon Man, don't forget about that. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you Monday.